Locate us on the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Allen Ginsberg here, announcing that this is station WCBN, FM Ann Arbor, your Dharmic free speech station. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And quite a, uh, quite a week. <laughs> uh, and let's also just acknowledge that the... Uh, the hurricane that hit the United States uh, certainly one of the most destructive in terms of probably uh, damage uh, in quite some time. And I think that the, uh, as usual, I, I'm very disappointed in the questions of the debate. Uh, they just sort of keep within these parameters that I don't think explore the issue sufficiently, but obviously they had to ask the question about uh, Donald Trump's uh, behavior in the past. Uh, just a couple of quick brain damages before we get to the debate and even the VP debate, because I thought the VP debate turned out to be much more interesting than advertised. I don't know if you uh, tuned in on Tuesday night, but I watched a little bit of it. only 37 million people watched it, theoretically. Uh, but I thought uh, that was a much more interesting debate than I was anticipating, and I think stylistically Pence uh, helped himself for 2020, but that's four years away. And despite the fact that Kane might have uh, interrupted from time to time, and he did, so did Pence, so did, uh, you know, the, the moderator was having difficulty getting control of the, of the action. I thought that Kane did a very good job answering many questions very specifically, whereas Pence simply evaded answering questions. And by the next couple of days, all of the post-VP debate spin, I thought, showed that Kane really won the debate on substance, not on style. But Kane is not running for a higher office. Kane actually performed the traditional role of a VP. He was an attack dog, and he bored in on Donald Trump's statements and demonstrated over and over that Pence couldn't defend Trump effectively. And uh, I actually thought by the end of the week, the way the media portrays this sort of, these debates as this sort of sporting event, that uh, Kane actually might have won the debate in the long run. And that Pence now is in an exceedingly vulnerable position um, his claim today on the campaign trail, I believe he appeared in North Carolina, was that Trump showed humility last night. I I'm thought. I'm not sure how he defines humility. I was. I, I thought that's. Science was more. That's the I most saw. remarkable claim I think I've heard of the campaign. <laughs> there was no humility. No. This was the most vicious, nasty, 
public performance by an American politician since Joe McCarthy in 1953 and 54. Uh, Trump was was an attack mode all night. He didn't. There wasn't any humility. And I I take Pence to say, you know, oh, my Christian background compels me towards grace and forgiveness. I disagree with what he said, and I certainly, you know, had to speak out against it, but I forgive him for it. Well, you know, when people continue to make the same sort of statements over and over again, forgiveness needs to come with a little bit of a, hey, dude, seriously, better cut it out. Yeah, and and Pence uh, is obviously uh, sort of keep trying to keep the troops in line, the so-called uh, conservative evangelical mainstream Republicans. He, you know, he's the governor of Indiana. Indiana, by the, the by the way, is probably a state to keep your eye on over the next couple of weeks. Because I think it will be fascinating to watch how the uh, Republican, um, how the Republican uh, um, congressmen in states like Indiana, Georgia, Michigan, Arizona, even Utah at this point. Could Hillary Clinton win Utah? It's it's possible because I think Trump is in free fall. I think he was in free fall before uh, even the events of this weekend regarding the videotape. And it's troubling to me that, that many of the Republican leaders are sort of waiting to see what the polls say. Uh, we know what the polls say. <laughs> Trump's in free fall. And when Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, basically had a press conference today and pretty much said that was a it was a conference call yeah I'm a, is my voice coming through now andrew okay good we had a little bit of mic problems <clears throat> there with some loose cables conference call amongst yeah. a group of uh, republican congressmen and while uh ryan has not rescinded his endorsement which is strange very strange he's telling them you know uh better take care of yourself it's okay if you need to flee from trump uh, it's like he's just realized that when you pick up a turd, your hand gets stinky. Yeah, indeed. And and I think that, you know, when you see the polls say that by a margin of three to one, the, quote, Republican base doesn't want to see Trump abandoned like this. They're in a very bad situation. But, I mean, they even had a report, for instance, on Thursday uh, of the New York Times about Trump's, this is the headline, Trump's slide rattles GOP at the Capitol. And it talks about uh, his, his uh, falling in the public polls perceptibly in Pennsylvania and by smaller margins in Florida and North Carolina, three states Trump can't afford to lose. But private polling by both parties shows an even more precipitous drop, especially amongst Independent voters, moderate Republicans, and women, according to dozens of strategists from both parties who spoke on the condition of anonymity. This sort of a standard political article by Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns last Thursday. Well, this is before the video. So uh, between Trump's problems with the tax return, his terrible performance in the debate, number one, and quite frankly, his disaster after the Democratic convention, which is when I think Hillary Clinton opened up a maybe a 
three to five point lead in most swing states. In fact, most of the so-called polling, which has been inaccurate and hard to uh, verify in terms of the influence of the third parties, it showed that Hillary was winning in every single toss-up state except Iowa, pretty much. And the remarkable thing was that Georgia and Texas were tied. Mm -hmm. So Trump has been in free fall for quite some time. The odd thing is is that the one day of the of the summer where I thought Trump could become president was when I woke up on the 8th of July. I had gone to the Grateful Dead show on the 7th of July. <laughs> and with all uh, an homage to the ex-members of the Grateful Dead, what you do at a Grateful Dead show is you have fun in the parking lot and you forget about everything. You don't. You're not talking, uh, you know, you're, I didn't bring my cell phone. I didn't talk to anybody. We talked about politics, but we weren't talking about current events. And I was traveling with some deadheads, and I didn't hear any news. So when I went to bed at 2 in the morning, I didn't hear about the police shooting in Dallas, the, the assassination mm. of the five police officers. Right. And I knew that Donald Trump was going to try and exploit that. And, of course, just a couple of days later, there was uh, there was an assassination of three police officers in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. This was the week of the uh, police shootings in Baton Rouge and uh, Minnesota, uh, the famous, uh, shall we say, uh, post-shooting selfie right. that was broadcast for several days on in the media, which I think was a big mistake. But I also want to take uh, a great exception to Donald Trump's phrase that what this behavior was was, quote, locker room banter. Uh, it's interesting that there are some professional athletes now beginning to speak out about this. Donald Trump has insulted just about every <laughs> class of American that I can think of. Well, except for the enraged white male. Except the Tea Party yeah. faithful. and Which uh, is all he appeals to. I mean, uh, this is part of the problem is that he appeals only to the red meat base and not to the middle. I mean, he's, you know, after listening to him for going on and on last night, I thought, gee, he's starting to sound like Uncle Joe from Petticoat Junction. <laughs> He's starting to appear to be like Jake LaMotta in the Raging Bull. He's punched out. He's punched himself out. He's been hit so many times, and he's so angry that he can't even see mm -hmm. anymore what he's doing. But now that he has sort of brought in this strange phrase, locker room banter, uh, it's interesting that some professional athletes are beginning to speak out against that sort of suggestion. That this is somehow sort of a, a painting the the large group with a large brush. It's professional athletes aren't necessarily foul mouthed jerks. No, some are, but the, but the the notion that there's uh, this sort of yes, there's degrading talk in locker rooms, but not uh, bragging about sexual assault. So when Anderson Cooper went after him on that early in the debate, which I think was appropriate, it had to be addressed. Uh, without fail. Those are Trump's problems, not uh, Anderson Cooper's problems. Mm -hmm. um, Trump denied it. Now, we assume that he's telling the truth, but the this is not braggadocio locker room banter as one of his uh, 
wealthy supporters uh, claimed in, in an article. And I find it exceedingly strange that Rudy Giuliani was sort of designated as the go-to guy on Sunday morning talk shows. Apparently, he made an unprecedented five appearances on all of the major news talk shows to defend Trump. And not the conduct, but to try and bring back the real issues, according to him, which are the email scandals and all these sort of what I call pseudo scandals that I think yeah, those are, are starting to die. Even really issues. Um, Trump's claim that he's going to, quote, if I get elected, I'm going to appoint a special prosecutor. Well, I'm that sorry. Like, a little bit like Mobutu Sosiseku there. Yeah. <laughs> That's Banana Republic yeah. chit-chat. And for the record, Mr. Trump, the FBI has already investigated this case. They've spent over a year investigating the case. FBI Director James Comey has testified several times about this case. And he said that professional justice appointees, and this once again is an example of many Americans not understanding how our government really works. The Justice Department is mainly filled with professional civil servants. How do you get a job in the federal government, by the way, for you people out there looking for jobs? Well, by golly, you go down to Washington and you take a civil servant test. It's an IQ test, sort of. So what do you know about things? If you want to join the State Department, they give you a map of the globe and they say, identify these countries. Your party affiliation has nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. Now, top appointees are appointed by a political spoil system to some degree. But all presidents appoint, for the most part, and of course this is, there's been some failings in the, in the appointment of some attorney generals in American history. Ed Meese. Uh, Ed Meese. Bobby Kennedy. You can raise some issues about mm, that. Sure. Although I think that Bobby Kennedy ended up being a credible attorney general uh, if you go back and actually check the historical record for the most part. Um, you don't, you have some high-level appointees, and of course your ability to enforce laws and policies of the American government will vary. Well, if the Voting, right for, Voting Rights Act, for instance, Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, which of course there's no questions about that in these debates. There's no questions about water, pollution, fracking and clean water, too much water, the, the hurricanes. Her the heroin epidemic that's sweeping the country. Too little water in California. Uh, can California even support more immigration, for instance, more people, period, when the water table is disappearing? These are real issues. That, you know, what about the federal insurance flood program? What about the solvency of Medicare and uh, the budget priorities? We, we get nothing. We get a rehashing of tax cut plans. Uh, the absurdity of what is America going to do about Syria? His uh, bizarre insistence that unless Obama says the words radical Islam, nothing is accomplished. Yeah, he went back to that canard. And, of course, he was even asked a question about Islamophobia, which he's been... Which he didn't address at all. He uh, didn't. He ignored the, the, the woman answering. Who, had, who, who asked it got nothing. 
got nothing from him except that Donald Trump went back to this strange comment about extreme vetting, whatever that means. Look, the government is already doing extreme vetting, if that euphemism or that metaphor even means anything. Uh, and the immigration problem is f far more complicated than Donald Trump would uh, have you believe. Furthermore, in Syria, and there seems to be some confusion on Mike Pence's part about where ISIL actually is. Yes, they control some villages and cities in Iraq, but not much of Iraq. Most of their territory, so to speak, is a scattered area of northeastern Syria. And for the record, the United States has actually killed 27,000 so-called fighters. Syria, I mean, uh, ISIL is actually in decline. They're having trouble getting new recruits. Well, Trump's doing his best to uh, whip up that group of faithful. So, yes, on the Islamophobia question, Trump didn't answer it. Pence answered few questions. Trump answered few questions. He kept going, wanting to go back to emails and, uh, well, Bill Clinton, who's not on the ballot. <laughs> not eligible to run, actually. Um, so the debate at the end of the day was once again a little bit out of control. I've never liked these town hall meetings. I wish they would kind of get rid of them. Um, and I, you know, the two moderators, you know, I, I heard some interesting discussions about Trump's body language that he kept kind of roaming around the stage a little bit, <laughs> getting behind Hillary Clinton. Yeah, walking a little close to her sometimes. Uh, kind of sneaking up on her. Stalking. And he was... He was snarly. He was, I mean, he was, he was mean. He didn't behave like a presidential candidate. The whole thing really at the end of the day was, was sort of an embarrassment. And I thought that Hillary did a very good job of not accepting the gutter. Trump got a couple of softballs early in the, in the debate format, but he, once he immediately went into the gutter, he stayed there and he, he just, at the end of the day, it, it's quite clear that he has not done his homework. You know, he repeated this incorrect fact about the trade deficit once again. We have an $800 billion merchandise trade deficit, but our trade deficit is closer to $500 billion. That's a fact that he screwed up in debate number one. He was corrected. He still got the facts wrong. Second point about the trade deficit that Trump doesn't quite understand is that about a quarter of it to a third of it, depending on the price of oil, is imported oil. Mm. The United States still has to import oil. Um, it is relatively energy independent. This was a phrase that Hillary Clinton used that was erroneous. The United States is relatively energy independent, but it still has to import oil to accommodate its transportation needs in the form of gasoline. Um, but our energy situation has improved measurably in the last several decades because of conservation, because of improved efficiency in things like appliances, insulation and housing, the use of renewable energy in the form of uh, solar and wind these have contributed. LED technology and so forth. Yeah. All sorts of things. There's technological improvements that have reduced 
our energy uh, needs uh, to some degree. And, of course, uh, the reason that coal has been losing ground in the equation, and I notice you've got a copy there of Fear and Loathing on the campaign trail by Hunter S. Thompson, 1972, and, and loathing, I think, needs to be, like, <laughs> enlarged as a word. <laughs> There's lots of loathing out there. I don't know that Donald Trump at the end of this campaign is, is even going to like himself anymore. One wonders... <clears throat> Well, uh, perhaps in a few weeks we can begin to speculate on uh, what happens next for the Donald. The Trump empire. And, of course, what's going to happen to the Republican Party, uh, whose best and brightest hacks are today suggesting that, no, this pretty dramatic split in the Republican Party does not represent its utter collapse. The Republican Party will be back, but I don't think it's going to be what it was no uh it's going to be a very different kind of a party it looks like it's going to split into two parties well it's interesting because factually they have more power now other than not occupying the white house governors senators uh, congressional uh delegations control of state legislatures that sort of thing they actually have more power than at any time since 1928 those are the facts now, part of this has been gerrymandering, and part of it has been the um, sort of amazing problem that the Democrats have in off-year elections, getting out the vote. So, yeah, th- I mean, can Trump still become president? Yes, he can. Uh, I think that it will that it's increasingly unlikely, but this because this is going to come down to the ground game. Television advertising, Clinton seems to have a huge advantage in this department. They seem to have better ads and more of them and i think that what you're going to see in the next couple of days is a massive scurrying for the uh well for the lifeboats this is the titanic well that's what paul ryan's little conference call suggests today is yeah. uh, every man for himself every man for himself and, every uh, woman for yeah. himself and we've already seen that i mean the number of actual congressional representatives over the weekend who called for Donald Trump to actually drop out of the race, to me, was was mind-boggling. Early voting has already started in 10 states. They can't take his name off the ballot, especially when it's in those big letters that he's got. I don't know if the ballots have the letters the way Trump's placards do, but I don't know if you've ever noticed that Trump has his name in giant letters and Pence's name is very small, which is... I, I mean, I think that speaks volumes about what this man is all about. So one of Hillary Clinton's better moments in the debate was she didn't accept his <clears throat> denials or that this didn't represent him. She said, oh, no, it, it represents you quite clearly. We have an ample record of this. This is not an October surprise. This is what we've been wondering when is this going to come out all along and the fact that billy bush (laughs) it's almost amusing uh he of course has been suspended from nbc um i almost have a, a hunch that this might be a a business partner partner of donald trump's uh who he reneged on pain Let's remember there's 3,500 lawsuits 
3,500 might be a little on the high side, but it's over 3,000 lawsuits involving Trump's business practices. Uh, we've known for quite some time that this guy is a fraud, um, that his business uh, shenanigans should never be defended. And then when it emerged that he may have taken a $900 million loss on his tax returns to justify not paying taxes for 20 years, I think there might have been some anger in the country about that, particularly when he started bragging about the fact that that makes me smart. I'm a genius. He's a genius. That's what Chris Christie and regular chief spokesman Rudy Giuliani said <laughs> well, on the talk show. Well, Chris Christie ought to know because he's a pretty smart guy himself. And I thought, wow, the three of them must sit around and drink low and brow because they are low and brows. <laughs> Dolan, you're a genius. It's an old <coughs> commercial that uh, me and my college friends used to crack up about. <laughs> well, his business acumen has uh, low and brow. By the way, is a, bur- a beer that I don't think exists anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen it in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since you mentioned my copy of Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, there's a brief passage I've been waiting to read. Uh, it's from the September chapter, and it's a couple of paragraphs here, but this is a really great passage from what I think is uh, must-read material. If you've never read Hunter Thompson's Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, it's one of the best books ever written about the American political process of the presidential election. I read it every four years, and there's something new I get from it every year. This little bit opens with a quote from Chief Sitting Bull, who spoke at the Powder River Conference in 1877. And here's what Chief Sitting Bull said. Hear me, people. We have now to deal with another race, small and feeble when our fathers first met them, but now great and overbearing. Strangely enough, they have a mind to till the soil, and the love of possession is a disease with them. These people have made many rules that the rich may break, but the poor may not. They take their tithes from the poor and weak to support the rich and those who rule. That's Chief Sitting Bull. Here's what Hunter Thompson has to say. If George McGovern had a speechwriter half as eloquent as Sitting Bull, he would be home free today, instead of 22 points behind and racing around the country with both feet in his mouth. The Powder River Conference ended 95 years ago, but the old chief's baleful analysis of the white man's rape of the American continent was just as accurate then as it would be today if he came back from the dead and said it for the microphones on primetime TV. The ugly fallout from the American dream has been coming down on us at a pretty consistent rate since Sitting Bull's time, and the only real difference now, with Election Day 72 only a few weeks away, is that we seem to be on the verge of ratifying the fallout and forgetting the dream itself. Sitting Bull made no distinction between Democrats and Republicans, which was probably just as well in 1877 or any other year. But it's also true that Sitting Bull never knew the degradation of traveling on Richard Nixon's press plane. He never had the bilious pleasure of dealing with Ron Ziegler. And he never met John Mitchell, Nixon's king fixer. If the old Sioux chief had ever done these things, I think, despite his angry contempt for the white man and everything he stands for, he'd be working overtime for George McGovern today. Now, I partly address that to any people out there who are still angry Bernie supporters. If you just replace 
I mean, despite the fact that Hillary now currently enjoys a lead over Trump, if you replace the words McGovern with Hillary and Nixon with Trump, the message here is is pretty clear. That uh, Bernie Sanders, by the way, was in town last week. He spoke at the yeah, uh, art he's, museum. He's been making some uh, appearances around the country for Hillary. Yeah, and I spoke with uh, a couple of uh, young ladies uh, sporting U of M regalia and Bernie regalia who were very uh, fired up about it. Uh, it was so crowded they couldn't even get inside, but they were very impressed that Bernie came outside to speak to the folks who couldn't make it in either. And I asked them, did he urge you to throw your vote to Hillary? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 it's, it's, this is important. So when Trump talks about, oh, uh, Hillary cheated and uh, stole the election from Bernie, uh, this is just more fantastical fiction. Yes. Uh, there's no question Hillary won the nomination. If you wish to see Bernie's agenda be advanced, there's really only one way to vote here because uh, he's brought— Hillary a little bit to the left. And I mean, she's always rejuvenated the yeah. party. And this is a good thing. And she's always been on the left for the most part. She's never been a conservative Democrat, as some have accused her of. I would just say that. I thought it was interesting that Trump actually mentioned Bernie Sanders by name, I think on three different occasions, yeah. as I counted them, um, bringing up this kind of vague suggestion that the election may be rigged. Uh, the election... Uh, our election laws have lots of problems, um, but I don't know that that the it's the vote counting, it's the localities where the rigging is going right. on. The system itself is not quote rigged in general. Uh, I think that this is Trump uh, laying the, the 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 groundwork to uh, continue the campaign after he's he loses. Uh, he may still win. We're not absolutely certain that the polls were one hundred percent correct. Uh, but Gary Johnson, for instance, is not uh, helping uh, Donald Trump as much as he might have hoped. In fact, he's probably hurting Donald Trump in a few states and maybe helping Trump in a state or two. I think he's a bigger factor than Jill Stein. But the, the, the people that are loyal to Bernie, no matter what, will probably end up voting for Jill Stein. And Jill Stein, if she gets 2% of the national vote, will have a good day. Uh, she only got a third of the vote in the last uh, uh, election, and I'm not too sure what the strategy is there with the third parties and what they're trying to do. In fact, um, Johnson sometimes seems to be confused that he's even running for president. Yeah. Anyway, we apparently are out of time down here on Gray Matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. And just one final comment. This is the, tomorrow is the last day to be registered to vote in the state of Michigan. If you're not registered, do it. That's your civic obligation. Unless uh, you live in Florida where, because of the storms, uh, the Supreme Court there has extended the deadline against the governor's wishes to, to stop it. Scott, tomorrow. of so, course, yeah. is the governor of Florida. And there are some states, by the way, where you can actually register the day of the election, but this is not one of them. Yeah, here in Michigan, you got to do it by tomorrow if you have not done it yet. So uh, thanks to Andrew for engineering. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling coming up next. 